When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Fans, this is Rams Up, your favorite LA Rams podcast. We are proud members of the Fans First Sports Network. That's fansfirstsports.com. You can also follow us on YouTube. Our channel is at LA Rams Up. I'm your host, Mark. You'll hear from my co-host Tom on occasion as well. Hey, we're not Rams insiders. We're just longtime fans who love talking about our Los Angeles Rams. Let's get to it. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 381 of Rams Up. Hey, our next episode has something special for you. Paul Wally is going to be sharing his Puka Power Prospects. Isn't that fun to say? Sleeper players in the draft that he really likes. Third day guys, round four and later. It's going to be a lot of fun. If you missed his mock draft, our mock draft number four on the YouTube channel, check it out. That went pretty well. I think you'll like the results of that. Hey, episode 381. I'm going to talk about a player who wore number 81. There's a lot of ways to go with this. And I like to pull random players out of a hat once in a while. And that's what I did this episode. How about number 81, Todd Kinchin? Three years with the LA Rams, one year with the St. Louis Rams, a third-round pick out of LSU, pretty good returner, had two punt returns for touchdowns, which is as many as he had receiving. And you know what? I got to thinking about Todd Kinchin, really exciting player in the open field with the ball in his hands. I think I've been confusing him with Kevin Curtis over the years, who came about 15 years later. I think they're kind of similar players. Not in size, though. Kinchin, 5'11", 187. Curtis, 6'3", 197. Both of them were, however, third-round picks. Hey, and I also have a trivia question for you. A free agency trivia question, and another one where I'm not going to give away the position. That would make it far too easy. This player signed a five-year, $50 million contract with the St. Louis Rams on March 13th, 2012, following his former coach, Jeff Fisher, from the Titans to the Rams. Who was that player? I'm tempted to give you a couple of hints, but I'm going to leave it at that. Most of you should get this. Big salary cap change raised 
30.6 million to 255.4 million. The RAM salary cap is actually higher than that due to a rollover of almost 8 million. $263 million cap for the Rams, leaving them with $52 million in cap space. That's according to Spot Track. Now, the first reaction is, as a Rams fan, hey, this is good news. Now they can go out and maybe trade for one of these top-edge rushers if they get tagged or if they hit free agency, go ahead and sign them. They can retain Kevin Dotson and Akilo Witherspoon, just going to have all the money they need to get done what they need to get done. But there's another side to this. Remember, there were a lot of teams that were strapped up against it, even in the red as far as the salary cap. And this gives them a reprieve. So whereas before this increase, the Rams were one of the top teams as far as cash availability during the free agency period, They still are, but now a bunch of these other teams now actually have some money to spend, whereas previously they did not. But then some of these teams may just use this reprieve to get their house in order, not going to go out and spend it immediately. So that remains to be seen. Which of these teams that now suddenly have a little bit to spend are going to spend it, and which ones are just going to kind of use this as an opportunity to get their house in order without spending big, at least this year. May come down to which teams are in win-now mode, 49ers and the Rams perhaps, and which ones are not. As free agency approaches, I thought I'd take a look at free agents the Rams have signed in this early signing period. Going back to 2012, you know, they haven't had a lot of success with free agent signings over the years. They really haven't. In 2012, they signed center Scott Wells, Wide receiver Steve Smith, you know what, I don't even remember that. I really don't. They also signed the answer to my trivia question. I will withhold that here. In 2013, big signing. We are all elated to get tackle Jake Long on board, and that was not really the answer we were looking for. He was okay, but from what I remember, his play really tailed off once he got to the Rams. And They also signed tight end Jared Cook. Had a good run with the Rams, but he actually had even more production after that two really good years with the Saints. In 2014, quarterback Sean Hill, much ado about nothing, right? But he actually started eight games for the Rams that year. I actually saw one of those games, the loss to the Chargers at what was then called Qualcomm Stadium. In 2015, low-key signings, linebacker Akeem Ayers, defensive tackle Nick Fairley, I think Ayers did okay, fairly. Don't remember him making an impact at all. In 2016, cornerback Cody Sensabaugh and defensive end Quentin Copels. 2017, things really changed. Sean McVay on board, and they signed Andrew Whitworth and Robert Woods. Now, those were two excellent signings. They also signed cornerback Kayvon Webster, who had a pretty good little run with the Rams. He was in and out of the starting lineup from what I remember. Outside linebacker Connor Barwin was a little bit of a factor. Running back Lance Dunbar, I don't think he did. Didn't he get hurt? I think he got hurt pretty quickly in his run with the Rams. Quarterback Aaron Murray, defensive tackle Tyron Walker. 2018, the Rams really stepped things up, signed cornerback Sam Shields. He had sat out a year from what I remember, had some concussions, and he did make an impact with the Rams. From what I remember, 
In the Super Bowl against the Patriots, Shields was expected to cover Shadow Julian Edelman. If he did, it didn't work out very well. He was the fastest Ram, from what I remember. They also signed cornerbacks Marcus Peters and Aqib Talib, and they were impact players for sure, as well as linebacker Rameek Wilson. In 2019, they signed Eric Weddle, Blake Borders, and Clay Matthews. Weddle was a real contributor on the defense. He was the answer to a recent free agency trivia question. Number two in the Rams on tackles that year. Blake Bortles, a decent backup, I guess. Clay Matthews, I mean, he played well, but that was just a down year for the Rams as they missed the playoffs. 2020, the Rams signed Ashawn Robinson. He battled through some injuries in his early time with the Rams, but he was definitely impactful, helped them to a Super Bowl. And then in 2021, the Rams signed Deshaun Jackson. Rams were on the way to the Super Bowl, but Deshaun Jackson didn't know that and wanted out, and the Rams obliged. And in 2022, Bobby Wagner and Allen Robinson, another off year for the Rams. wasn't Bobby Wagner's fault. He played well. Allen Robinson just wasn't a good fit. And in 2023, and in 2023, Demarcus Robinson, Royce Freeman, Akilah Witherspoon traded for Kevin Dotson. And that was that. So just a reminder, we like to get excited about free agency. But most years, doesn't really amount to much from the Rams' perspective. I think this might be different. I think the Rams are going to make a little bit of a splash. I'd be happy if they just kept a few of their own and maybe went out and signed an edge rusher and maybe a cornerback. Hey, I'll get you caught up on a few mock drafts that recently popped. Nick Schultz shared CBS Sports' two-round mock draft. With the Rams' first pick, they pass on Talisi Fuaga, the tackle, offensive lineman we all love, and they take Quinion Mitchell. Now, in this draft, now in this draft, three cornerbacks were already gone. Terrion Arnold, Nate Wiggins, and Kool-Aid McKinstry. They're all gone, so if you're drafting a cornerback here, it's Mitchell, Cooper DeGene, or Lassiter. I don't have a problem with selecting Mitchell here, but if Waga still is on the board, I'm sorry, I'm taking him. I'd be happy with Mitchell, though. Now, we debated in our mock draft that Paul Walia ran on the YouTube channel the other day. Is it realistic for Fuaga to be there for the Rams in the first round? And here's another mock draft where he was, but the Rams pass on him. And with Rams' second pick, they take tight end Jatavian Sanders out of Texas. Sorry, I'm not feeling that at all. I checked in on Walter Football. They update their mock drafts constantly. And they also have the Rams taking cornerback Quinion Mitchell. And again, I don't have a problem with that. However, in this draft, Fuaga lasts to number 30 and goes to the Baltimore Ravens. That would just figure, wouldn't it? In the second round, they take linebacker Edger and Cooper, passing on Jackson Powers Johnson, among others. So not having a big issue with taking Quinion Mitchell in the first round, although I'd prefer Fuaga. This is a deep cornerback draft. You can get some good ones in the second round, maybe even the third. But I really have a problem with both these second round picks. Even though I picked Edrin Cooper to the Rams in one of my mocks, that was just kind of having some fun drafting a bunch of Coopers. I'm not taking Edrin Cooper in the second round, and I'm certainly not taking a tight end.
You know, I've been considering what the pecking order is in the NFC right now, and it's really a difficult thing to wrap your arms around this time of year with free agency still ahead of us, some quarterbacks still on the market, how the draft plays out. So I'm going to walk through what I think the pecking order is right now with an eye on the quarterbacks that are out there, which teams are set at quarterback and which ones are not, and the order of these teams. I'm already changing my mind on some of them, so don't take it too seriously. I have some mixed feelings on a few teams. I don't know where to put them, so don't get upset with me if you happen to be a Bears or Falcons fan, for example. The number 16 team in the NFC right now has to be the Carolina Panthers. Bryce Young is their quarterback, and they have to roll with him. They really have no choice at this point, and they do not have a first-round pick. Next up, my number 15 team, it's got to be the Commanders. Now, if you listen to this podcast during the 2023 season, you probably heard how much I like Sam Howell. I don't think he's an all-pro quarterback, but I think he's okay. But I don't think the Commanders are going to continue with him. They have the second pick in the draft. They're going to pick a quarterback for sure and move on from Sam Howell. Maybe Sam Howell will be their starter at the beginning of the year. We don't know who their quarterback's going to be. Daniels from LSU? Will they go with Drake May? Will will Caleb Williams somehow fall to number two? Will the Commanders move up to number one to make sure they get Caleb? Could go a lot of different ways. Think Sam Howe will be the quarterback on the opening day, and then whoever they pick in the first round will be their new quarterback. So they're my number 15 team and the number 14 team. Now, this is where I'm kind of torn. Everybody's showering a lot of love on the Atlanta Falcons, and I'm going to have to do some research. I don't quite get it. Nothing against the Falcons. Not even sure who their quarterback is going to be at this point. They have the eighth pick in the draft. So they may be able to trade up for Drake May or JT Daniels or one maybe one of them slides or they maybe reach a little bit for J.J. McCarthy. Desmond Ritter is their quarterback right now. With all of this uncertainty, they're getting a lot of love. Don't get it. I'll get to that in a second. My number 13 team, I probably have them way too low. The Bears, they actually played pretty good football at times. They've been improving slowly, making some moves. Are they going to stick with Justin Fields, though? Are they going to draft Caleb? Are they going to trade back, pick up some more picks? So they could end up being a pretty good team. They have the first and ninth pick. If they move out from number one, man, they could really have a draft haul. But you know what? The Rams have been down that road before, trading out of the number one, picking up a bunch of picks, and it usually did not work out. Maybe the better route is just take the best player. You have the number one pick take the best player. Although maybe they should stick with fields. That's probably what I would do. I know I'm contradicting myself in two sentences, but there you have it. That's the dilemma of being an NFL general manager. My number 12 team is the Seattle Seahawks. Rolling with Geno Smith and a new coach. Not real excited about this team. Seahawks have the 16th pick, so they'll be able to get a good player. My 11th ranked team in the NFC, the New York Giants, they have the number six pick in the draft. I assume they're going to stick with Daniel Jones. He's got all that money coming to him. Maybe it'll be Jones to Adunze next year. Giants not getting a lot of love from the media, but remember, they were decimated by injuries last year. They could bounce back. My number 10 team, the Arizona Cardinals, 
They have the fourth and the 27th pick. How does Kyler Murray to Marvin Harrison sound? My number nine team, the Minnesota Vikings. And that's assuming, I guess, that they bring Kirk Cousins back. But are they going to be able to? Bit of an unknown. They have the 11th pick in the draft, so they could reach for a quarterback. Another team that could draft J.J. McCarthy, I suppose, or try to move up. My number eight team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No idea who their quarterback is. Is Baker Mayfield going to return? They have the 26th pick. My number seven team, the New Orleans Saints. They're rolling with Derek Carr, obviously. They have the 14th pick. Team that always seems to be competitive, always puts a pretty good defense out there. My number six team sliding a little bit, the Philadelphia Eagles. They're obviously set at quarterback with Jalen Hurts. They have the 22nd pick, but man, lots of weird stuff going on in that clubhouse. My number five team, the Green Bay Packers. They're set with Jordan Love. They have the 25th pick, really good young team on the rise. I have the Rams at number four, one notch above the Packers. I think they're overall a better team, better quarterback, better coach, and probably going to improve more this offseason than the Packers do. The Rams have the 19th pick. And my third-ranked team, the Cowboys, rolling with Dak Prescott. They have the 24th pick. You know, the Cowboys are an interesting team, right? They're my third-best team. They're not going to the Super Bowl. The Rams are my fourth ranked team. They have a good shot at the Super Bowl. And why? Comes down to the quarterback. Is that enough to elevate the Rams into the number three spot? I don't think that's being fair to the Cowboys. But playoff time comes. I'm rolling with the Rams. My number two ranked team, the Detroit Lions. They're solid with Jared Goff. They have the 29th pick. And the number one team, the San Francisco 49ers. Got to give it to them. Do not be surprised if they slip back a little bit, though. They have Brock Purdy at the helm. Very good quarterback, but probably not the top five or six quarterback that a Super Bowl contender would prefer to have. In my opinion, the 49ers have the 31st pick. Now, when you compare my rankings to the Super Bowl odds, big disparities are the Bears and the Falcons. And you know what? I'm probably underrating the Bears. Probably should elevate them into that eight or nine slot, maybe above the Bucks, but whatever. This is just for fun. It's very early. What I don't get is the Falcons. On the side I used, they have the eighth best odds in the NFC to reach the Super Bowl. Hey, everybody must know something I don't, but there you have it. And how many of these NFC teams are set at quarterback? Well, let's go through it. Teams that you know who the starting quarterback is going to be. Well, We have one, the Panthers, Bryce Young, but nothing to be too excited about at this point. Number two, Geno Smith. You know, he's okay. Decent quarterback. Again, nothing to be excited about. Daniel Jones with the Giants. I like him more than most, but he's probably not a top 10 or 12 quarterback. The Saints with Derek Carr. He has his flaws, that's for sure. Jalen Hurts. No problem with him. He's a very good quarterback. And the Packers have discovered that Jordan Love may be the answer. The Rams with Matthew Stafford. The Cowboys with Dak Prescott. We're not calling him big game Prescott anytime soon, though. 
And the same with Jared Goff with the Lions. Hey, I've always said I like Jared Goff more than most. But is he going to win big games for you? Not quite sure yet. Hey, that collapse against 49ers wasn't his fault. He did everything he could. But we still need to see him get over the hump. And then there's Brock Purdy and the 49ers. Again, good quarterback. He'll get you there. But if you need him to win a game, I'm not so sure. So there's a bunch of other teams we just don't know who their quarterback is. And you're an NFL franchise, and we don't know who your quarterback is. We don't know anything about you. That's the bottom line. And that includes the Commanders, the Falcons, even the Bears, who's going to be driving that ship, and the Cardinals. That's one to kind of go either way on. They say they're sticking with Murray, and they probably will. I'm not 100% convinced. The Vikings, we don't know. The Bucks, we don't know. It's going to be exciting free agency period, see where these free agent quarterbacks land, and then the first round of the draft is going to be quarterback crazy. And the answer to my trivia question, the cornerback that signed a five-year, $50 million deal with the St. Louis Rams on March 13, 2012, following his former coach, Jeff Fisher, from the Titans to the Rams. And I told you this was an easy one, and the hint I was going to tell you Andre Johnson knows who this guy is. That's right, Cortland Finnegan, one of the feistiest players in the history of the National Football League, joined the Rams at the tail end of his career, reunited with his old coach, Jeff Fisher. That's going to do it for this episode Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget about our YouTube channel. Our handle is at laramsup.com. Till next time, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there.